Tom and Shelby and Stephen are headed back from Oklahoma. Um, what a great trip for them. They're driving, so they're hitting some places on the way back. So when you're praying, just pray for them that their trip is safe, that they're, you know, God's just with them and stuff. And tonight we have a guest speaker all the way from Fife, Washington. Um, man, last service was incredible. Um, Pastor Dennis Wolf has known Pastor Tom, I'm sorry, Dwayne Wolf has known Pastor Tom for over 20 years. And man, you know, Tom hits us with a jab, jab, hook. Well, he's going to hit you with a jab, jab, and an uppercut tonight. So same good stuff, just a different angle. Amen? Amen. Pastor? Amen. How's everybody doing? I hope their drive is better than mine across the country. We, um, we delivered a daughter to Washington, D.C. in May, and uh, somewhere around South Dakota, how many of you know there's not much in South Dakota, but we discovered, thankfully, there are tow trucks in South Dakota. So, actually, you know, we, uh, you all know Rick and Linda Sharkey? So we actually went and spent the night with them on our way, you know, and swam in the pool and, you know, and just, just enjoying life, you know. And, and then in the morning, the radiator was a little low. We're like, oh, that's kind of strange. So we topped off the radiator. So about the time we got to the other side of Montana, things started going really haywire. So uh, we just, you know, just kept pressing through. But by the time we got to South Dakota, that was the end of the head gasket. Yes, and uh, so we got towed. So, you know, I'm thanking the Lord often for AAA. You know, so AAA towed us. So we just declare that their their trip will be safe, blessed. Amen? Amen. You might have me a little hot. I don't know. It feels a little hot. I brought uh, some stuff with me. This is a little book that uh, you might want to pick up, and it kind of carries the theme uh, of uh, uh, our weekend, so move your mountains. Uh, I am absolutely convinced that most Christians don't have a clue about how to move their mountains. And uh, so this is a little book that will help you figure out if you have a clue or not. Amen. And so if you do, you'll discover it in there. And uh, it, And if that works out for you, then let me know. Amen. And I won't give you a refund on the book whatsoever. Hallelujah. Let's pray over the word tonight. Amen. Oh, Father, we just thank you for um, the ministry of your spirit tonight. And we just look to you uh, to overwhelm us, to awaken us, to arouse us, to provoke us, and to lead us into wisdom and truth. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. I should say thank you uh, to Tom and Shelby and... Uh, and also, uh, just, uh, just, you guys are so blessed to have such amazing pastors. Uh, some 20 years ago, we met them, and um, we've been friends ever since, and in a growing friendship. And we've had them over to Tacoma several times, and uh, enjoyed them coming over to blow up our people. Amen. So special speakers are great because they show up, they blow up, and then they blow out. 
you know, and uh, so it's a beautiful thing. And then the pastor, you know, has to clean up the blow up, you know. But it's a beautiful thing. Amen. And Tom always uh, blesses us, and they're just, we cherish them, count them as close friends. And that's uh, a real joy. And you're blessed to have them. You're blessed to have them. James chapter 1, I want to talk a little bit about uh, how to deal with difficulties, trials, and problems. I really believe that that part of what I'm on assignment to do uh, here over the weekend is just release uh, fresh faith in your heart, infuse you with faith, encourage you with faith, uh, strengthen uh, the deputy badge, maybe get you to pull the deputy badge back out, uh, you know. So some of us have set the deputy badge on the dresser. Some of us it's absolutely covered in dust. Uh, some of us have forgotten we even have a deputy badge, you know. So, uh, but uh, you've, you've been deputized to stop the enemy in your territory. Amen. You've been deputized to stop the enemy in your territory. And... You have been given a badge. You've got a badge. You're supposed to wear that badge. Amen. You know, the uniform and the badge, it represents authority, right? Okay. So let's think about this for a second. Uh, in the county, what county is this? Benton County. It's a very nice ring to it. All right. So in, in Benton County, we have a sheriff. Do we have a sheriff here? Okay, and you'll notice it's very interesting. The sheriff has a throne. And the sheriff really, he never leaves his throne. Well, maybe once in a while to get a drink, soda, protein bar, something like that, right? But he's not out there stopping the bad guys. Who's out stopping the bad guys in the county? The deputies, right? And, and how do they know what to stop? How do they know what to confront? How do they know what's wrong? How do they know what must stop? How do they know? He took my volume down. You're going to hurt my voice if you do that. Thank you. I'm real picky about my volume, aren't I? Okay, but I still love him. He's a good guy. Give him a, give him a thank you. So here, here's the deal. Is it how do they know what to stop? The RCW of Washington State, right? The Revised Code of Washington. They read the code. They memorize the code. They know the code. Nowadays they have laptops in their cars and they have the code on their laptop and they pull it up. But they study the code. They have to know exactly who to stop, how to stop them, why to stop them, when to stop them, right? And they're the, the deputies are the ones out in the county doing the work of the sheriff. Now, where's Jesus right now? Seated at the right hand of the Father on the, on the throne. And who are the deputies? Oh, that means that Jesus is not out fighting your battles for you. Hello, somebody. Jesus is not out fighting your battles for you. Jesus, but, 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 he's given you a uniform. He's given you a uniform. There's a badge with the uniform. He's given you authority. The uniform is authority, right? Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand. You may be able to resist in the what? In the 
evil day. That means not every day is the same. Some days are more evil than others. Some days you're more vulnerable to evil than others. Put on the full armor of God, right? Okay? So that's our uniform. And then, so we have authority. We clothe ourselves with Christ. And then we also have power. It takes authority and power. What's the power of the deputy? A gun. We're hoping a gun. In Australia, they've taken away the guns. The law enforcement don't have guns in Australia. Everybody say that's sad. Come on, think about how sad that is. Uh, the recruits into the law enforcement in Australia, number one, you'd be bored. Number two, you'd be, you'd be in trouble. Because the outlaws will always have the guns. They will always have the guns, right? So uh, we've been given power and we've been given authority. We have both power and authority that we might what? That we might stop the enemy. The enemy is meant to be stopped. There are so many things, I'm absolutely convinced, there's so many things that we as Christians are allowing and tolerating. I've had so many people come to me, and they come to me and they say, boy, I just can't believe, you know, what's going on in our community, or I can't believe what's happening with our church, or I can't believe what's happening here or there. You know, if you live in a neighborhood and, and drug dealers have moved in next door, or, or whatever's going on, and and... and and so many times, every one of these instances are instances that it's meant for us to do something about in the spirit realm. Amen? How many of you know everything starts and everything stops in the spirit realm? Everything stops and everything starts in the spirit realm. Did you know in Matthew 16, 19, in Matthew 16, 19, where he said, uh, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father revealed it to you. And whatsoever you bind will be bound. Whatsoever you loose will be loosed. Did you know that the verb, the verbiage of the tense of the Greek in that passage actually reads like this? Whatsoever is bound, if you will bind it, I'll make sure that it gets bound. Whatsoever is loosed, if you'll loose it on the earth, I'll make sure it gets loose. So in other words, we need to know what God has bound, and we need to know what God has loosed. If if we know what God has bound, and if we know what God has loosed, then if we'll loose it in our realm, if we'll bind it in our realm, then He will make sure that it's bound. He'll make sure that it's loosed. Amen? So all things start, all things stop in the spirit realm. Are you with me on that? Do you agree with that? So there's a lot of things actually happening around about us, a lot of things happening with regard to us that could be changed, that could be affected, that could be loosed, that could be bound, that are really up to us. And some of these things are not changing because we're not binding and we're not loosing. We're not using our deputy authority. We're not, we've let the enemy push us back. We've let, we've let life, we've let the enemy, we've let religion, we've let doctrines of demons, we've let traditions lull us into an apathetic state, a religious state, and waiting too much on Jesus to do the things that he's not leaving the office to do. He's enforced us to do it. Amen? 
Let's go to James chapter 1. Tonight, uh, if we've got a title to this message, we're calling it Confronting Storms. Confronting Storms. I really believe that most of the storms that come our way in life are meant to be confronted. That we're not supposed to roll over to the storms, the trials, the problems, the difficulties in life. We're not supposed to back up. We're supposed to confront the storms. James chapter 1. Here, this is the brother of Jesus. He says in verse 2, count it all joy. This is the King James. When you fall into diverse temptations. Count it all joy when you fall into, when you fall into uh, diverse temptations. Now, I like the King James because, you know, I think the trials are kind of like gravity. You just kind of fall into them sometimes. Now, now, the New American Standard says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. But what I've found is that most of the times, trials encounter me. I don't encounter them. They encounter me. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? So things, you're going along and all at once stuff's pushing against you. All at once something's resisting you. All at once something's going haywire, right? My 13-year-old's up playing games in somebody's house and, and they're just having fun, all of the kids up at the neighbor's house. And we've got a neighborhood where there's just a zillion kids and he's up having fun with all the kids. And then all at once two of the neighbors get in a squabble. These two have been close friends for 13 years and all at once they get in a squabble. The one in the squabble, as he's falling, hits the coffee table and has a concussion, has to go to the hospital. The parents freak out. All at once, Sterling, my boy, Solomon, Sterling, Wolf, all at once he's a murderer. All at once he's evil. All at once he's to be avoided. All at once, all, all at once he's a terrible child, right? And so we start getting letters from them and emails from them. They won't reconcile. They won't talk. We're neighbors. And I, I'm like, I showed these to my attorney, and she's like, these look like they've talked to their attorney. This looks like lawsuit preparation. This is lawsuit language. Various trials. It's like gravity. All at once we fell into it. What are you going to do with this stuff? Well, we have a higher source. We have a higher source. So he says, consider it pure joy. Most of us don't. But he says, consider it pure joy. There's a reason why we're to rejoice when a trial comes up against our faith. Now, what's faith? Faith is based on the Word of God. Faith's alive in our heart. And faith is moving us toward a destination. And faith is providing the power and the energy to get us toward that destination against all trials, against all odds. And so we're supposed to rejoice. Why? Because faith is so powerful. Faith is so strong. So Faith is so wonderful that God loves to show faith off in the face of trials. What, what show off? Who's, who, who, who would lift the weights in here? Come on, somebody. Now, I, I'm not going to talk about my single pack or my barrel pack or my keg, but my Austin, my third born, is built like Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right, the guy is just, and if he just touches weights, he's just, he's ripped. He's got wide shoulders. He just gets these huge muscles. It's just crazy. He got every athletic gene in the family just flowed right into him. What's with that? He got all the athletic DNA, you know. And I, I might, you know, trip over that chunk of carpet right there. Lawson just, Mister Stud. He dresses like a stud. He doesn't even think. He just accidentally dresses like a stud. Everything he does is just like, what's up with that? 
I can go I can go with him and go shopping with him and like stand at the rack and I'm like trying to pick and then I and I put it and like oh, forget it. It's just something about are are you hear what I'm saying? So who lifts weights like that? I mean Few trips at the Y, a little bit of protein powder, some of that other weird stuff that he takes, and he's doing all this stuff, right? You think he wants to walk around the house with a long sleeve shirt on? Huh? No, when you've got resistance power, you want to show it off. There's just something about that. This is part of what God is saying. Rejoice. See, faith is meant to push you through resistance power. When you've got resistance power, it's God given, God has given you resistance power that He might show you off, that He might show off His Word, that He might show how powerful His Word is, that He might show how significant faith is in an ordinary flesh and blood vessel that has been knit now to God, and so in this knitting to God, this God DNA can produce something extraordinary out of them because it's born of God and they've come to agree with God. And so God's saying, consider it pure joy. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Consider it pure joy. I'm up to something. I'm up to something. It's, this is what he's saying. I'm up to something. Consider, consider it a tank top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Consider it a tank top. When you face various trials, it's time to show off a little bit. Let the pecs show. Let the triceps show. Seriously, this is what God's saying. Because your faith, your faith will work and it'll press you through if you persevere. Now, this is a problem with Christians. This is a problem with Christians. We have a hard time holding on to something longer than a week. Longer than two days. Longer than, I mean, we get one word from God and we're charismatic. Charismatic means we're cruisematic. I mean, we get one word from God, right? And two weeks later, we got a new word from God because in two weeks that one didn't bear fruit, so we decided that wasn't God after all. And so we got a new thing in our spirit, you know what? And all at once we got, hello, somebody. Yeah, I really saw that I should take my authority over that, so I did. What happened? Well, nothing happened for a week, so I gave up on that one. Where's your badge? I put it away. Where's your outfit? Your uniform? I set that aside too. Forget this stuff. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is that is that God part of faith? Part of what's going to bring praise to God? Part of what's going to press you through? Part of what's going to be significant is that you have about you a determination where you're going to hold your faith all the way to where it bears fruit. And not only must faith bear fruit, but listen, faith has to do more than bear fruit. Faith has to stabilize or hold into place the thing that faith brought forth. Did you know your faith is meant to, to, to bring forth something and then hold it into place? So Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 2, says that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. And that Jesus upholds all things. I'm overdriving this microphone, aren't I? Huh? That's a booming voice, isn't it? Man. Lord help us. I gotta calm down. Gotta save that voice for tomorrow morning. Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two, says that Jesus upholds all things through the power of his word, or the through the word of his power. Now think about that. 
Everything right now that is, not only was created by him and created, everything visible is created by that which is invisible, his word. But not only did it create it, but he's never, God's never changed his mind. What would happen if God changed his mind? <laughs> Moon colliding into the earth and galaxies freaking out and, and uh, disorder everywhere, right? We would have a cosmic mess if God ever changed his mind. Aren't you glad God never changes his mind? This is the faith you're meant to walk in. When you hear something from God, regardless of what's coming against you, regardless of what's happening, regardless of what the reports are, regardless of what you, uh, it doesn't, regardless of what you feel, when you hear something, or you know God's will. Everybody say, when I know God's will. Knowing God's will is just as good as hearing from Him. Because at some point you must have heard from Him because you know His will. I tricked you right there, didn't I, huh? So knowing His will, once you know His will, then you cannot change your mind. If you change your mind, you're unstable. If you're unstable, you can expect nothing from God. You're on your own now. Have a nice day. Right? So don't change your mind. So my son, my son, uh, the neighbors are freaking out. We're getting these letters. Looks like a lawsuit coming, right? And uh, so I went in the backyard and started praying. Okay. James says here, if you're up against a trial or a trial's up against you, ask God for wisdom who gives wisdom liberally and will never shame you for asking. But when you ask for wisdom, ask in faith as well. Now you've got faith. Your faith you wanted to persevere. Now a trial's up against you. Instead of you, you'll notice what he, what he didn't say here in the text, right? He didn't say cry. He didn't say moan. He didn't say phone home. He didn't say beg. He didn't say petition God. He didn't even say petition God for the trial to go away. Remember Paul? Paul said, oh, take this thorn away. Huh? He didn't say petition. He said, ask God for wisdom pertaining to the trial. In other words, hmm, what's the root of this? What's the root of this thing? Oh, Holy Spirit, you know what's happening here. What's behind this thing? What's driving this thing? What do I need to stop? There's something wrong going on in the Tri-Cities. But I can't exercise my authority and I can't use the power you've given me unless I know what's going on. Someone asked for wisdom. Wisdom is clarity. It's knowledge. It's understanding. It's discernment. It's discretion. It's counsel. God pour out upon me insight to see the unseen, to see what's happening behind the scenes. Right? So I'm in the backyard pacing in the backyard and I'm praying and I'm praying in the spirit. And I'm asking God for wisdom. And the Holy Spirit begins to show me what to tear down, what to confront, what to demolish in the spirit realm, what to destroy. And this family's been avoiding me for a week. A week. They won't have a meeting. They won't talk. They won't answer their phone. They won't return phone calls. At the end of that prayer, 30 minutes into it in the backyard, my phone rings. It's the husband. He said, well, thank you so much for calling. This is just one example. Listen, church, one example. You're in charge in the world. Jesus didn't come just to 
bring you forgiveness. He came to restore you to dominion in the earth. You are called and empowered to be in charge of the earth. My phone rings. Something spiritual has been going on. The husband's on the phone. Oh, so nice of you to call. I'm just so glad you called. Wow, yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of you. Yeah, well, this is wonderful. Yeah, can I just run up and talk with you? No, I don't have time to talk right now. Okay, well, I just sure appreciate you calling. Uh, can I just explain to you a couple things? And just the more I talk, the softer he got. The Holy Spirit's working, the Holy Spirit's working, the Holy Spirit's working. The more I talk, the softer he got. Within 10 minutes, soft. 15 minutes on the phone, somebody who didn't have time to talk. Now he's asking, yeah, you know, I understand. And, and now I see what happened. And Can you come up and let's get the boys to make up and let's get, you know, they establish these friendships and come on up to the house and, and we're setting up a time to come up. What happened? Something happened in the spirit world. Something happened because I approached it in the spirit world and now there's a tangible, a natural result that was happening quickly. Not everything happens as fast, by the way, because seeds have different kinds of gestation. And so we've got to be patient and wait for the seed to grow, right? Doesn't every seed have a different time of gestation? So we're going to persevere with the seed that we sow in the spirit realm and the authority we exercise until we get the desired result. God is raising you up. He's raising you up to be a neighborhood changer, a community changer, a culture changer, a tri-cities changer, a Washington changer, a marriage changer. You that are married and going to be married, wishing to be married, hoping to be married, praying to be married, prophesying to be married. He's raising you up. He's raising you up to be an influence. But you can't be an influence if you're a wimp. You have to be an influence by getting the badge out, getting out the uniform, getting out the gun, and beginning to take your place over the enemy. Know the RCW and confront the enemy wherever he shows his ugly little head. And I say that as reverently as possible. He used to be beautiful. He's not so beautiful anymore. What time is this one over? Huh? Ten. <laughs> My voice will be over long before ten. But it's going to be strong. Mark 4, go to Mark 4, 35. Mark 4. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Mark 4, 35. That was two of you. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Hallelujah. We might be small, but we're mighty. Mark 4.35, this is an illustration. On that same day when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, let us cross over to the other side. God has a destination for you. There's a lot of destinations within the spokes of your purpose. There's a lot of destinations. There's destinations for you financially, destinations for you in your marriage, destinations in vocation, purpose, ministry, recreation, and rest, right? Health. There's, God has destinations for you. And this, in this metaphor, there's a metaphor hidden in this story. 
The Lord says, let us cross over to the other side. He names the destination. So they left the multitude, and they took him along in the boat as he was. And there were other little boats also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and waves beat against the boat so that it was already filling. So contrary wind, he names a destination. They head off to the destination, but all at once contrary wind is coming. We live in a fallen world full of contrary wind, but God wants you to put on a spiritual tank top. So here's this contrary wind, and so they start freaking out, right? They are scared, and they're freaking out, and they're bailing water, and you know, they're doing all the things that we do. What, what are some of the things that we do when a trial comes against us wonderful faith people? We start discussing the angle of the storm. We pull out our iPhones and we check to see how long the storm's going to last, right? See what the forecast is. See what others are going through that are experiencing similar storms. We imagine how bad it could get. We begin to journal about the storm. We begin to, we bail water so fast we don't have time to pray or listen to the Holy Spirit because we've got to settle the, we've got to handle this storm, right? And then we move the rudder into position away from the storm. That's moving away from our destination, changing destination. Oh, I guess I wasn't supposed to go there. After all, I guess that wasn't God after all. Moving the rudder, changing destination. But the Lord already named the destination. Get your hand off the rudder. Right? And so then we eat more chocolate to consider other ways to medicate ourselves because this is so hard. Right? And then we oversleep and we lose healthy routines because of the depression of this storm is just killing me. Then we start attacking others who are not going through similar things and they cannot relate. Then we begin to tell others all about the storm, hoping to get some self-pity. But we frame it in, will you just pray for me? Right? Then we go to the medicine cabinet looking for some pills to calm us down. And all of this, when Jesus is already... Guaranteed a destination, but contrary wind has come up against us. And all of this when he just wants us to put on a tank top and flex the muscle of faith because it will press us through and it will get us to the storm. And so what happens? They come to him, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, be still. Peace be still. What did he do? He stood up in his authority and his power. He stood up. Contention starts coming up in this church. Even before you approach the contentious ones, realize it's a demon spirit. Confront the spirits causing contention and jealousy and animosity in the midst of the church. Slander comes up in the church. That's a spirit of jealousy. Confront the spirit of jealousy. Confront the ministry of darkness before you even confront the people and watch this thing stay pure and watch the crud leave the house. Now, if people don't get free, then they'll leave with the crud. But if people get free, they'll have a revelation in the middle of worship and get free and just the crud will leave and the people will stay. We want the people to stay and get free and the crud to leave. But if they can't get free, then they'll have to... They might refuse to get free. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So, so, he stood up in his authority and he stood up in his power. 
and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And the wind ceased. The contrary wind ceased because he spoke to it. Start speaking to the contrary wind in your life. Give it personality. Quit asking the sheriff to come solve your deputy problems. You have the RCW. Start speaking to the contrary wind. Give it a name. Give it personality and command that it gets out of your life. Command that peace comes and calm comes. Speak to the raging sea. Then he says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I'm afraid that's where a lot of the religious church still is. A lot of the religious church is like in awe of Jesus. And I'm not in any way being irreverent or trying to demean him in his divinity or his lordship or his sonship. But a religious spirit will have you at awe with Jesus, disqualifying yourself from the very power that he's given you. The same exact power that raised him from the dead dwells in you. And so a religious spirit will have you looking at, at this and, and you're like, whoa! Right? I could never do that. Well, that's not what he said. What did he say? Greater things. Have you ever spoken to the sea? Have you ever spoken to the sea? No, seriously. Seriously, when's the church going to rise up? Right? Huh? Come on. I was down at my parents' house. Uh, I mean, I've just seen so many crazy examples of breakthroughs. Right? Crazy breakthroughs because I stood up in my authority and my power. Right? Jesus, I mean, they approach Jesus and say, it's time to pay your taxes. And they're looking at him like, we got him now. But Judas is packing a purse with a lot of money. There's a lot of money in the purse. Enough to feed 5,000 one day, right? But Jesus, Jesus wants to show you something. So instead of reaching into the purse, he calls a fish to bring money up from the bottom of the sea. Wow, that shows you something right there. That shows you that not only do you have authority, but you have authority to go beyond the scope of your need. You can go into the scope of desire. You can go into the scope of desire. He didn't have a need to pull it out of the sea. He had it available in the bag. But that God might be glorified, he pulled it out of faith. There's so many things that we could be doing, should be doing, must be doing if we would exercise our faith and at the exercise of our faith. And so what happens is we, we have, we've been so atrophied, emaciated, watered down by religion 1500 years. Right? I mean, somewhat. The church started falling into degradation. Right away, by AD 300, it was already falling into quite a mess. And so, from AD 300, about 318, until 504, 1504, somewhere in there, we had the Dark Ages, right? So the church is just recovering. 
from a huge pile of poo. I mean, we're, we're, you know, the church was like dead. So we're, we're, we're in restoration mode and God is progressively restoring the church into the fullness of the stature of the faith that belongs to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, he is restoring the church to the fullness of the stature of the faith that belongs to Jesus. You know what that means? That means next year you're going to have more faith than you have this year. Now get this in your heart. Next year and the year after that you're going to have more. And you know what? The generations coming are going to have more. And there will be a generation on the earth who will walk in the fullness of the stature of Jesus. And these signs and wonders and miracles and this breaking the back of the devil will be no problem whatsoever because it will be so ingrained in them. It will be so alive in them as God is restoring the church. He's restoring the church right now. This is restoration period, restoration time. And so the church is increasing in faith and power. So don't condemn yourself for yesterday, but look forward to tomorrow. Because your tomorrows are going to be filled with power. And no longer will you look at Jesus. When Jesus did what He did, He didn't do it in His divinity. In Philippians 2, we are told clearly He did it in His manhood. What's that mean? That means you can do it. Because the righteousness of Jesus has been imputed to your account. Amen? Is your faith getting encouraged? We're here to make a deposit in your faith. We are here to release the gift of faith. We're here on an assignment so that you would, things that you have let go, things that you have absolutely, you, you, you don't even want to know, you know, you've just set them on the back. You just, I know what's in that RCW, but I'm not even wanting to look at it anymore. Things you've tolerated for 10 years, 5 years, 3 years. Things in your community, things in your neighborhood. Things that, things that you've, things that you've let Tom and Shelby and Keith and, 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 and Lene. Lene? Things that you've let them do the battle over. You were aware of them. Things you've, things you've thought Jesus would just take care of for you. You know what? I love this passage. I just love it because, because it says Jesus was in their boat. You know, we're like this. We assume that since Jesus is in our boat and since he's named the destination, we're going to get there. It's all going to be okay. Because he's in our boat, right? So this is religion. Religion has taught you that if Jesus is in your boat, and if he's named the destination, then according to God's providential, sovereign, predestined will, he'll get you there. Wrong. No, 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 no. You have to partner with him. You have to partner with him. You have to stand up. You have to keep the rudder on target. And you have to stand up against those storms. And you have to rebuke those storms. You have to use your faith. And this is part of what we're here to say. And we're here to release and we're here to encourage you in is that things that you've been letting, actually, they've actually moved you off your destination. Some of you, the problems, the trials, the difficulties of life have actually moved you off of what you know God said. 
And we're just releasing a spirit of faith over you right now. Close your eyes right now, all across the auditorium. We're releasing a spirit of faith over you right now. There's a spirit of faith. There's a spirit to believe again what you once believed. Just begin to pray in the Spirit where you're sitting right there. If you pray in the Spirit, begin to do that. If you pray with understanding, just begin to just gently worship Him and begin to welcome Him. It's Jesus who's the author and the finisher of our faith. And He's releasing a gift of faith in this house. This weekend, He's releasing a gift of faith. You are going to begin to believe for things that you used to believe for. You're going to begin to believe for things that have become hard for you to believe for. You're going to begin to believe for things that you gave up on and you walked away from. You're going to begin to see, discern, and believe for things that you wanted Him to handle. You wanted Him to accomplish. You wanted Him to do. But He said, no, I need you to partner with me. And if you'll partner with me, then I will begin to do it. I'll show myself strong, I'll honor your faith and we'll uncover the tank top life together just a little bit of worship music out of the booth if you would go ahead and stand with me tonight hallelujah, just keep worshiping don't even pay attention to anything else Just keep worshiping. Just keep worshiping. I want you to begin to pray over Tom and Shelby right now. I want you to begin to pray that a spirit of faith is released upon them as well. Begin to pray right out loud. Begin to pray right out loud. Begin to agree. Begin to agree. Begin to say, we release a spirit of faith, a fresh...